in the name of Jesus, and we give him all the praise. Amen. Genesis chapter 48, and we want to uh, begin reading uh, from the first verse. Genesis chapter 48, verse number 1. The scripture says this, It came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. I'm going to move now down to verse number 8. Israel, meaning Jacob, beheld Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face. And lo, God hath showed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand, Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand, laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let my name be named on them in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head, and Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. I want to speak to you for just a few moments this morning by the help and the grace of God on this subject. Bless the children. Bless the children. Hallelujah. Could we just lift up our voice unto the Lord in prayer for his word to have free course. I thank you today, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. For your word. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the truth that comes from your great name. The truth that sets the captive free. I thank you that we are gathered together today, Lord, in your presence. I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless us now as we look into the word of life and walk according to it. I ask in Jesus' name that it will be quickened to our understanding, the word and the will of the Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. As you've already heard this morning, that we're focusing, concentrating this month on 
servant leadership ministry involvement. We want to highlight various ministries throughout the month to illustrate the need that is represented. The need is even greater now uh, than it was before because of the unique times in which we live and the challenges that we face and the challenges that people face. And, and of course, we've had to become creative. We've had to become uh, very adaptive to circumstances that arise. And so today we're talking about I will say, without apology, the greatest, most important ministry in the church. And I say that not to downplay the need for any of the other ministries that the church engages in, but, but God took such great care to, to stress the importance of reaching the children with his word. Uh, we need to be involved in our community. We need to be involved in our nation. We need to be involved in the lives of, of all people, ministering to anybody, anywhere, at any time. We absolutely must. But he said it starts by hanging it upon the doorposts of your home, by talking about it when you sit down and when you rise up, when you lie down. And he said, I want you to tell your children Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I want them to get that down deep in their soul. In fact, he said, if you'll do that and train them up in the way they should go, when they are old, they shall not depart from it. This is a powerful promise, and it is the, it is the focus of the Scriptures. Even when the promise of the Holy Ghost was declared in Acts chapter 2, it was explained that the promise is unto you and to your children. Hallelujah. And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And it, it, something very important takes place inside the home, inside the, the atmosphere of those that are, are serving the Lord. Their home must be a microcosm of, of what we experience here right now. And so we... we see today the great need of of children our children of our world are in desperate and dire need for ministry in their lives and I thank God for our children's ministry and I thank God for our children's pastors and I thank God for our uh, Sunday school teachers and all that are engaged in the work of the Lord uh, in, in and throughout the history of the church and leading up unto this time we call it the COVID crisis and even in this unique span where we have just things are different now than they were but needs have not gone away spiritual needs have only increased spiritual needs have only multiplied and and so the church is vigilant and the church is diligent and I want you to know that the Lord has anointed us and appointed us and the scripture says that, that uh, concerning the life of Esther, that, that she had come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I just want you to know this is such a time. And who would have thought any of us would have ever come to such a time as this? Yet here we are. We have come to the kingdom for such 
a time as this. And we are not only operating in the context of this time frame, but we are preparing now for when we will move into a new campus, into a new worship center, and the increase of people will multiply. And there will be more needs, and there will be more people in need, and there will be more people who need ministered to. And so our base of service must multiply in advance of that need. Not just in response. There'll be some responding that we're doing, but we want to be as proactive as possible. And we want to be ready for the harvest. God forbid that a harvest not come because the people aren't ready to receive it. God said, say not four months and then the harvest. Say not four months and then we'll start building. Say not four months and then we'll get serious. But, but right now, the fields are white, all ready to harvest. Hallelujah. I know it's not ideal circumstances, but the fields are ready. I understand we need a bigger building, but the fields are ready right now. Hallelujah. And so we want to bring this, hallelujah, I feel the anointing of the Lord today, because we want to bring this to our uh, uh, understanding and help us to, to, to realize what the Lord is, is doing. You know, I, I'm going to bring you all into a little bit of vision planning today. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go into a little bit of an executive session. Amen. So now don't hold me to anything. <laughs> Because things are still being worked out. But we're going to go into a little bit of executive planning right here, right now. Everybody ready? What's it going to look like when it's not us sitting in this building, but this building is, this building is filled with children worshiping the Lord? Hallelujah. What's it going to look like when we need a new building program for those that are in here and they're all at a younger age and they're receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and they're hearing the word of the Lord. See, we're focused on, we're focused on that building that we're building, but, but there's a reason why we bought this building and there's a reason why we bought the annex building because we're going to use every square inch for the glory of the Lord. We, we didn't come here to play games. We came to the kingdom for such a time as this. Hallelujah. And while we're at it, I'll just tell you, another $14,000 plus came into the Ready Now campaign this past week. We give God the praise for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'll just tell you, every week there's going to be a miracle that comes into people's lives. And the Lord is going to speak to people's hearts. And every week we're going to see multiplication and increased giving because God knows we're serious. And we know we're serious. And we're pushing past the challenges that we face. And we're going to do what the Lord has promised we're going to do. Hallelujah. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our sight. Hallelujah. And nothing will be able to prevent the church from fulfilling the promises that God has placed within it. Hallelujah. So we're talking today about children. We're talking about children's ministry. And, and the Lord took my attention to this scene that we read about in Genesis chapter 48. This scene that has an elderly man who had to strengthen himself 
to rise up from his bed and 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 he didn't have the strength to do it but he but he sat up on the edge of his bed and he waited because word came to him that Joseph was coming and that Joseph was bringing his own children to to be blessed by this patriarch whose name is Jacob but had been changed to Israel Israel one who has power a prince who has power and favor with God and man and and Joseph is bringing his children now now Joseph brings his two little boys into the room one's name is Manasseh he's the oldest one's name is Ephraim he's the youngest and they're coming in with Joseph and these are just two little kids just walking into this room and and uh, and and they walk in to see their grandfather and Joseph knew that Jacob was sick nigh unto death and he said before he passes away I must have him bless my children now you you have to understand ladies and gentlemen that this moment was very special and 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 as you read as we read together Jacob famously placed his his right hand upon the younger son and the left hand upon the older son and that's not the way that it was supposed to work in fact Joseph was readying Manasseh the older to the right hand and he was readying Ephraim the younger to the left hand and Jacob upon seeing it just switched his hands wittingly the Bible said and very deliberately laid his hands upon their head different than what Joseph expected him to do and and Joseph contended with him that this isn't how it goes and Jacob said I, I know what I'm doing and and they're both going to be great but this younger one's going to be greater hallelujah and and to really appreciate this you you kind of have to understand the background of both of these men father and son you you've got to know where they were coming from because they didn't live just a normal little life it wasn't convenient the lives that they lived and, and their lives were filled with a heartbreak and their lives were filled with loss and disappointment and brokenness but they never lost their faith in God Jacob of course this this older man that sat upon the edge of his bed and readied himself to bless his grandsons he lived a life that that we can't even imagine and he learned a lot in his life he learned a lot about God he learned about a lot about how to live for God and, and how not to try to live for God at one point he thought that he could kind of disguise himself hide himself under someone else's identity he felt like he could pretend to be something that he wasn't and that he could achieve blessings by pretending to be something that he wasn't he put hair on his arms and he put a garment upon him that smelled like the field he even prepared a meal that he acted like came from the field when it actually came from the own their own flock and and he walked in and literally pretended to be somebody else his own brother Esau and his father who was going to pronounce a blessing upon Esau pronounced a blessing upon him instead he learned from that experience that you can't cheat your way into the blessings of God that you can probably cheat your way into the blessings of man man will bless you and not know what he's doing but but if you want the blessing of God you're gonna to have to wrestle for it if you want the blessing of God it's gonna involve brokenness if you want the blessing of the Lord it's gonna involve perseverance 
It's going to involve an all-night-long struggle. And that's what, that's what Jacob experienced later in his life. He, he wrestled through the night with an, a figure that leapt out of somewhere. And there was no real understanding of who it was that he was wrestling with. But, but later he would understand that he had seen God face to face as he wrestled there in the Jabbok River and the hollow of his thigh was touched to the point of being broken and he fought until his name was changed until the blessing of the Lord came upon him. Jacob was a man who understood blessing. Jacob was a man who understood disappointment. His own brother, upon learning how, how he had been cheated out of his blessing, vowed that he would kill Jacob. Jacob understood what fear was. He understood what going to bed at night knowing that you're a miserable failure. He knew what that felt like. He knew what it felt like to, to be fearful of what the next day would bring, to know that you had done things wrong that had qualified you for the wrath of God, the judgment of the Lord. He, he knew what it was like to live on the run. That's what Jacob had understood. But he also understood what it was like to give his heart completely to God. To struggle through, to fight through, to depend on God, to never lose his faith in God, to, to pray until his name changed. And, and he understood how to overcome these obstacles. Joseph, his son, understood the value of his father Jacob. Jacob loved Joseph in Joseph's young life. Gave him a coat of many colors. He was favored. He was Rachel's oldest child. And, and that gave him an immediate favor with, with Jacob. And, and, and he saw Joseph and, and Joseph was the apple of his eye. His daily delight. And Joseph was, was betrayed by his own brothers and, and, and cruelly ripped from Jacob's arms and and he was sold into slavery. His coat of many colors was daubed with blood, goat's blood. The goat's blood was pretended to be Joseph's blood. And there was this whole conspiracy, this whole lie that was told to Jacob that Joseph had been killed. Another deep and tragic disappointment in Jacob's life and in Joseph's. As Joseph went down a road, he never dreamed, and he did dream, but never dreamed that he would travel this road. And here he travels a road full of slavery and false allegation and imprisonment, false imprisonment, and his life was topsy-turvy, but he never lost his faith in God. And you see it kind of boil over as Joseph and Jacob are in this this conversation, Joseph grabs his sons, got them out of the sandbox, pulled them off the playground, got them out of Little League and came running to Jacob before Jacob would die and said, I don't care what else they do right now, but they must be blessed by my father. I must have the blessing of my father upon my children. Hallelujah. I don't know what they're going to grow up to be. I don't know what they're going to grow up to do. But, but I don't want to find out what it would be without the blessing of the Lord in their life. And, and there have to be some parents in here like Joseph. There have to be some parents under the sound of my voice that are like Joseph. That say the most important thing is that my children are blessed of the Lord. I will get them to my father's hands. 
I will get them to a house where they will be blessed. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that when you bring your children to the house of the Lord, you're doing like Joseph did when he brought his children to Jacob's bedside and said, lay your hands on my children and bless them. And he didn't like the way Jacob blessed them. He thought it should be done differently. And he tried to correct it. But Jacob said, let me, let me do what the Lord told me to do. Let me do what the Lord has shown me. Let me teach the way I need to teach. Let me instruct the way that it needs to be instructed. And, and Joseph delivered his children over unto the bedside of Jacob so that there could be a blessing imparted unto them. And that blessing was coming from a deep well. It was coming from somebody who understood blessing. Somebody who knew what it was like to fight for a blessing. Somebody who understood what it was like to have tried to cheat their way into a blessing. Only to get smacked back by life and experience and personal pain. And had been defrauded by so many. I want you to know that when you bring your children into the Tree of Life Church. You're not bringing it to a place where there are people with flawless life experiences. But you're bringing, it to a bringing them to a place where people have come to a place of redemption. They've come to a place of atonement. They've come to a place of salvation. And we're, we're making a plea for people to, to, to step into a role of children's ministry. For people who will feel a call of God upon their life to be involved in influencing and instructing the life of a child. But you understand that comes with a great responsibility. It comes with a responsibility to be submitted to the Lord. It comes with the responsibility of leading and living a holy life unto God. It comes comes with a responsibility of overcoming your own challenges, own sins, own struggles. You don't have time for those things. You've got ministry to do. You've got people to reach. You've got blessings to impart. Yes, it comes with a high responsibility. It's a high and a holy calling to minister the word of God. Especially to that young fertile field that is ready to receive the word of life and become a mighty tree in this generation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, Jacob, you've got to stir yourself. Come on, Jacob, you've got something to offer. Come on, strengthen yourself. Sit up, Jacob, and minister the word of life. You've got blessings to impart. How many know about my Jesus? How many remember when he, hallelujah, blessed you in the middle of that night's struggle? How many remember when he washed your sins away? How many remember when he redeemed redeemed you and he atoned you and he forgave you and he strengthened you don't hold that to yourself give that to somebody hallelujah hallelujah and let me say specifically we've been saying for years we've been saying for years that a new generation is coming that older generations have given so much of their time so much of their talent so much of their treasure. That older generations have sacrificed so many hours, so many days. That younger generations are going to have to stand up, step up, sit up, bless, and impart. Pour out into not merely being a receptacle, but being a vessel that can pour out 
into others. And now here we are forced into a situation where our elders are at a disadvantage. There is a virus on the loose that singles them out. And they're at a disadvantage, vulnerable in many cases with pre-existing conditions and underlying conditions. Not to put fear in anybody's heart. We have power through the blood of Jesus Christ. But if there ever was a time for younger people to rise up, now is the time. If there ever was a time for young generation to be anointed and say, God anointed me for this hour. God appointed me for this moment. Now is that time hallelujah there are Joseph's who need their children to be blessed Joseph had spent so many years away from his father that he knew the value of his father's blessing hallelujah he knew the value of having his children in proximity to their to his own father We've been very deliberate about making sure that our children are in proximity to their Oma and Opa and Papa and Nanga. Hallelujah. I want them to be near them. I want them to hear them. I want them to hear the stories. I want them to see the Spirit of God inside of their grandparents. I want them to feel the gentleness and the kindness. I want them to feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I wanted them raised up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Make sure you get your children to the house of God. Make sure they hear the word of the Lord. Make sure you're talking about it at home. Home and make sure you have them here. I don't have to go through all the statistics of those who do not attend church on a regular basis because the statistics are borne out in society. You can tell who took it seriously and who didn't take it seriously. Bring your kids to the house of God. Make sure, make sure they're in proximity to the blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, it's, there's great dexterity in this blessing. Jacob lifted his left hand and his right hand and switched them at the last second. It was such an odd motion, such an odd experience. Joseph was shocked by it. He contended with Jacob over it. But Jacob said, I know it, my son, I know it. Manasseh shall be a great, great nation he shall raise up a great people. But Ephraim shall raise up an even greater nation. Hallelujah. Now those little boys, they didn't look like great nations. Coming in, pushing and shoving. Coming in, arguing and fighting over whatever toy they were arguing about. Trying to one-up each other. It would have been easy to be distracted by their snotty noses. It would have been easy to be distracted by their belligerent little attitude in that moment. It would have been easy to be a little inconvenienced by them acting like kids, if you please. But that old wise patriarch looked at those little boys and saw nations. He looked at those little children and saw multitudes of people that would follow them. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you want to heal the nations? Heal a child. You want to heal the nations? Heal a child. You want to save the nations? Preach salvation to a child. Bless the children. Hallelujah. 
No, 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 I'm not bashful to say it's the most important ministry in the church, and God help us. It must be reflected in our budgets. It must be reflected in our volunteer service ministries. It must be reflected in our priorities that it is the most important ministry in the church. And we'd better get used to seeing it as the most important ministry in the church because the world has already identified it as the most important important demographic they've geared all of their hellish marketing to that age group they try to capture them in their spider web of sin right out of the gate the church better wise up we better wise up and bless the children <laughs> no no, we don't push them off into another room to get them out of our hair. We don't push them down the hall so we don't have to listen to their every now and then interruptions. No, that's not what it's about. If they're not in here, they're somewhere where they can receive specialized ministry. Specifically designated, targeted, focused upon them receiving and hearing the word. Of the Lord. It reminds me of a little girl who was picked up on the bus, brought to church. And, and she loved it. She loved it so much. Church was a place of peace. Her family didn't come to church. People who drove the bus would go to her house. Many times they had to go in earlier in her life and, and help her get ready. And church became her safe place. Oh God, let this be a safe place. Let this be a safe place. If you want to know why unity is so important to me, it is the heart of God. That's why it's so important to me. We've got to get over ourselves because there are children who need a safe place. They don't need to walk into a place of contention. They don't need to walk into a place where folks aren't getting along. Tree of life, we are united and we will always be united. In the name, hallelujah, of Jesus Christ. How good, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We need the unity of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, to saturate us continually so that this can be a safe place. She loved going to church because it was a safe place. She went to, she was about 12 years old and her parents, it was the handwriting was on the wall. They didn't go and they divorced and, and she got separated. The family moved. She got kind of lost in the shuffle and she was gone. Didn't go to church through her teenage years. Struggled through her teenage years. Struggled in life. Married some guy Really, he was a thug from Brooklyn, and he was, he was just rough. And they, they tried to make a go of it, but he was an alcoholic, and they couldn't get along. Their marriage was starting to spiral. She didn't like him anymore because he, he, he wasn't who he was when she first met him. And now he's an alcoholic, and, and he's, he's just not good to be around. But God was dealing with his heart. And he said, I don't want to lose my marriage. And he said to his young wife, 
the Lord was dealing with him so much that one night he woke him up in the middle of the night and, and he, he started praying to the Lord and he felt like he, he wanted to go to China as a missionary. He woke his wife up in the middle of the night and said, Patty, you want to go to China as missionary? And she said, go away, you're drunk. He said, no, I'm not drunk. I don't want to go to China as a missionary. What was happening? The Lord was dealing with his heart. They went to church because she said, if we're going to make this work, we've got to get to the house of God. We've got to get where there's a blessing. We have to have a blessing imparted to us. And so they went to church. But when she went to church, she went looking for what she remembered as a little girl. It was Brother and Sister Kinsey's church that she went to in Toledo, Ohio. And she remembered very specifically because it was pronounced in her thinking. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And ye for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, you will speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. And she went looking for that and could not find it. Every church they went to it wasn't that message they were preaching and she said this isn't it this isn't it this isn't it I remember I was a little girl and this isn't it they're not saying it the way it needs to be said and then they walked into a little church in Hollywood Florida and a, a woman pastor stood up to preach and she said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and the little girl said that's it that little girl that was a grown woman now whose marriage was spiraling and suffering she said this is the message they went down to the altar they repented of their sins God filled them with the Holy Ghost they were baptized in Jesus name <laughs> hallelujah that little Sunday school girl and that thug from Brooklyn became a great man and woman of God. In Gainesville, Florida, Pastor Jeff Arnold became a prophetic ministry to the United Pentecostal Church and abroad. All because some Sunday school teachers and some bus drivers and church members were willing to bless the children, strengthen themselves and sit up and bless the children. You don't know who they are. You don't know where they're going. Don't be confused by their current state. Understand that God has a ministry for them. Hallelujah. It reminds me of the little boy playing in his, playing in his front yard every Sunday morning. As a precious saint of God would drive past his house. And she would drive past his house and, and see him playing in the front yard on, his way to, on her way to church. And while she's headed to church... She would see him just playing in the front yard, playing in the front yard, Sunday after Sunday. Finally, she said, I can't take this anymore on a Sunday morning. She knocked on the door of the home, and she said, do you mind if I ask you, do you all go to church anywhere? They said, no, we don't go to church anywhere. She said, would it be all right with you if I took your little boy to our church? And they said, you can do whatever you want to. If he wants to go, that's fine with me. And she said, okay. The little boy wanted to go, so they went to church. She became his Sunday school teacher, and every Sunday they would bring him to church. Bring him to church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the lady that was his Sunday school teacher, act, as it turns out, is Sister Heidi's great aunt, Brother Enos's aunt, Aunt Patty. And, and she 
brought this little boy to the house of God, and he, she taught him in Sunday school. Now, I just preached a conference with that little boy in Jamaica just before COVID started. He's our global missions director that oversees 1,920 nations all throughout the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That night in Jamaica, he preached a Holy Ghost message and there were 7,000 people in attendance and, and he preached and the Holy Ghost fell. He's in his 60s now. I looked out after an hour after he had finished preaching and he was out in the middle of the audience laying hands on people as they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And my mind went back to a little boy playing in the front yard but God laying a burden on somebody's heart that if we can get that little boy in proximity to a blessing oh what God can do if we can get that little child into proximity to the blessing of the Lord I want you to know children are in danger in 2020 children are in danger the enemy has targeted them they're in his crosshairs it's time for the church to rise up and say this is a tree of life this is a tree of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I imagine it. I see us all in there worshiping God in that beautiful new worship center. I believe we're going to reach $3 million by the end of 2020 in Jesus' name. I believe it. I believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe it in the name of Jesus. I believe miracles are coming. Glory to God. Miracles of multiplication are coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it's not just that. It's not just that sanctuary. It's not just that auditorium filled with people worshiping. But imagine. Imagine an army of little worshipers coming down this long hallway. This long hallway doesn't have to look like that. It, this is the tree of life. It can be a rainforest or a jungle or a hundred acre wood or all three. This could be the tree house. I'm just brainstorming. Don't hold me to nothing. We're in executive planning right now, okay? This could be the tree house. Glory to God. Walk into the rainforest, head down the hall and turn into the jungle and and then go up the steps into the hundred acre wood and, and come into the tree house. Wall to wall, front to back, children. That might frighten some of y'all if you've ever had to teach classes or something. I'm not trying to scare you. But we're going to need more servants. Listen, it's not, that the, it's not that the field isn't ready. It's that the laborers are few, Jesus said. He said, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he sent forth laborers into the harvest. Can you imagine the occupancy in this building is 300-some people. Can you imagine 300-some children worshiping God? You know what I'd like to do? You know what I like to do? Because we're going to have to use the downstairs for it too. we got all kind of classrooms. That's where they are right now. We're going to have to use that still in the name of Jesus. I'd love to just put a, uh, put a hole in the ground somewhere and put a slide and let them slide from here down there. 
Jacob didn't just use his right hand to give him bless, give blessings. He used his left hand and his right hand. Left hand is the hand of creativity, the hand of dealing with challenges and thinking through innovative processes. The right hand is the right hand of power. This is Acts 2.38. This is the oneness of God. This is Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. This is sound doctrine. This is worship and praise and prayer. This is creativity, administration, innovation. Wherever you are in that spectrum, we need you we need you we need you to bless the children hallelujah hallelujah with hey listen if we got a rainforest we're going to need some servants if we got a jungle we need some servants Hallelujah. We need some servants of the Lord with a servant's heart. We need some patriarchs who have been through the fire, who know what it's like to wrestle with angels, who know what it's like to get your, to get your leg broken in a struggle with God, who know what it's like to run from fear, who know what it's like to, to feel like you don't know what the next day is going to hold. Come on, Jacob. We need you, and we need your testimony, and we need all that you've learned about God, and we need all you've learned about prayer, and we need all you've learned about overcoming and having victory and being delivered. We need that blessing upon our children. Hallelujah. We're going to use both hands. The right hand is going to produce tens of thousands. And the left hand is going to produce thousands and thousands. Hallelujah. Glory. You know what? You know what? You know what John said? He said, I saw 10,000 times 10,000. And thousands of thousands around the throne singing, worthy is the Lamb. You know what the Bible said? It said one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand to flight. The maids hung out the window saying David has slain his ten thousands and Saul his thousands. I've come to tell you that these children, they're not just children. They're missionaries. They're Sunday school teachers. They're good husbands and good wives and and good fathers and good mothers that are going to raise up their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. They're prayer warriors. They're people who are going to bless the church. They're going to grow up and become, some of them are going to become lawyers who will defend religious liberties. Hallelujah. You've got to understand these are nations that you're blessing. These are whole nations that you are blessing. These are whole tribes of people, whole families and kindreds. These are people who will fill the kingdom of God with praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't complain about our world if you don't see the church as the solution. The world is lost. The world is lost. They're, they're the blind leading the blind. But we have the light. Hallelujah. And we're going to bless the children. I feel like the Holy Ghost is moving. Could you just lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus? Say, Lord, help me, help me, help me to know. Help me to be led in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hands and lift up your voice unto the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, when I talk about ready now, I'm talking about the children. I'm talking about the children. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about children. I'm talking about young people. I'm talking about people who need salvation.
That's who I'm talking about. Hallelujah. All across this building, let's just lift up a praise unto God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All across this building, let's lift up a praise unto God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite Brother Brian Duvall right now to come. He is our leadership pastor, and he has served as our children's ministry pastor for a number of years. And Brother Mark Purdy has stepped into that role as well. And we thank God for this team of ministries that have blessed our children for so many years. Could you give him a great big hand as he comes right now in the name of Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Could we one more time just receive that word? Could we extend our hands, our hearts to heaven and receive that word? Lord, that was a sure word. There was a certain sound, God, and I pray that it would take root in my spirit. Father, I pray that it would take deep root in my spirit, Lord. Let it not be cut off. Let it be written up on the table of my heart in the name of Jesus. Let our faith be increased as a body today, Lord. As we consider the great cause of Christ, as we come into a new and refreshed and revived understanding, Lord, that we are here for a purpose and for a time and for a calling, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray the power and the presence of the Lord manifest in our lives and in this place. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Pastor, thank you for that word. Are you thankful for the word, church? Glory to God. Glory to God. One of the greatest gifts to the body is the gift of conviction. It's that uncomfortable place that God draws us into when he reveals to us his heart. His heart about how we spend our time, his heart about our priorities, his heart about our motives, his, his heart about where we spend our energies. And church, I want to tell you something. When Israel was coming into a place of possessing, possessing the promise, when Israel was poised for their realization of the vision. Does that sound familiar? They were in a place much like us. The possession of the promise was before them. The realization of the vision was before them. There was not milk and honey yet upon their lips, but it was just before them. But there was a battle between that place and the realization, between that place and the possession. The Lord speaks to Joshua. Joshua's instructions are clear. From the priest all the way down to the parishioner. All the people. Turn to your neighbor and say all the people. Were to march around Jericho. Nobody excluded. Nobody excluded. Rome may fill their Colosseum with spectators, but the kingdom of Christ has no spectators. Everybody is called. Everybody is called a thriving Holy Ghost filled church will always have a thriving Holy Ghost filled children's ministry it always will a thriving Holy Ghost church will always have a ministry of prayer that is chief among anything that blesses every single facet of what transpires in the work of the Lord prayer that prays over the grounds, prayer that prays over the landscaping, prayer that covers media, prayer that covers every individual that serves, every child that is touched by the hands of a mother or a father or a servant in toddler ministry. Toddler ministry. Toddler ministry. 
their only toddling. I don't know what it was like when my parents were sitting in a Sunday service, Sunday morning, and an usher came and got them and said, you need to come down to Sunday school to the lower level. I don't know what it was like for them. I barely remember them being present. But there I was in the corner at five years old with my hands lifted, speaking in tongues for the very first time in a Sunday school classroom. Can I even begin to explain to you the indelible imprint that was made upon my life that would change the trajectory and the course of everything from that day forward, of everything, of my relationships, of the path that I would take, of how I gave, of the way I spoke, every single thing that happened from that day forward, the Spirit of the Lord was leading and guiding and directing and somebody was sowing liberally into my spirit. I'm so thankful today for the word that we have heard. You all know the scripture. Joshua charged, choose you this day whom ye will. Say it with me. Now that word in the Hebrew doesn't mean what you think. That word in the Hebrew means exactly what you think. (laughs) Whom you will labor for. Whom you will expend your energy for. We live in a society that is so, so filled with convenience and blessing. My goodness, I hear people complain about the coffee between one place and another, that they're shelling out 454. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's not, it's not, there's nothing condemning in my voice. I'm just saying we are so blessed. We get to complain about the blessing. That's America. We get to complain that the liberty is not the liberty we thought the liberty should be, even though it's liberty, you know. And we just take it and we run with this idea. But the Lord is calling us to a place of servitude. He's saying, not you, but my kingdom. I have gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. What are you saying, Brother Brian? It's for us. That place is for us. That life is for us. And, and I, I know I might be traipsing on somebody's doctrine here, but I don't believe we're just going to be standing around singing like a Catholic church choir for a gajillion years. I don't think that's how it's going to go. I literally believe that it's for me. It's for me. There are pleasures forevermore there that God is saying, if you will give me this life, I will give you that life and it will be beyond your comprehension. Whom will you serve? Whom will you serve? A choice is set before the church, living or dying, blessing or cursing. What are we going to do? What's going to define our ministry? It's going to be a ministry that is defined by the heartbeat of an omnipotent God who robed himself in flesh, humbled himself, became obedient to death, laid down everything the Scripture said. He thought it not robbery that he was God. In other words, it wasn't some prize. The thief doesn't come into a home and steal a five-pound bag of sugar. They come in and they, they take the jewelry. They take that which is of value. To be the king of all kings is of great value. And he said, that's okay. That's okay. I'll lay that down and I will humble myself and I will come and I will serve and I will show everybody what it means to meet people at the point of their need and to give to them without consideration for my own life. I love my church. Can you fathom what God is about to entrust us with? 
I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, ever held a position in your job, and I am closing, where you were asked to do something that you said, oh my, not sure I'm ready for that. You smiled and nodded, absolutely, we'll be there, Tuesday 9. And you walk away with that feeling in the pit of your stomach, Brother Stidham, how in the world? This is the moment that God is calling us to. He's saying there's a city, there's a community, there are children, there are souls, and I want to entrust you with not a hundred and not five hundred, but with thousands. I, I want them lined up and them coming in, multiple services. I'm going to entrust you to do it, but here's the thing. I'm also going to empower you. I'm going to endue you with power. If you will submit to me, I will make you my servants in the earth, my hands and my feet. I'm so thankful for Brother Mark Purdy. He's over there right now serving. He was texting me, talking to me about, you know, resource constraints coming up in the next service, different things. We have wild things happening because people come in contact with the virus, and it happens two days before they're supposed to serve. Now they have to quarantine for 10 to 14 days. It's a very fluid time. And we are asking you to prayerfully consider. This is not a grovel. This is not a beg. Prayerfully consider what God would have you to do. Prayerfully consider. If the Lord moves on your heart in the last hour, in the next hour, over the next month, I want you to ask him, Lord, what would you have me do? And come and talk to us about children's ministry. We are going to have a booth set up here in the fellowship hall as we dismiss today. You're more than welcome to stop by we have some forms that you can complete that will give you a great idea of exactly where we need help, what you can do to serve, how you can insert yourself without feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm over my skis, this isn't my skill set. There is plenty to do. You know, one of the most powerful ministries that I witnessed in children's ministry was Sister Lindsay. She, she left our church, they relocated. And do you know she did not teach and she did not lead worship and she did nothing that was actually in the room with the children. But what she would do is she would come with prepared crafts and prepared decorations throughout the week, and we would walk in, and the place had been transformed, and she was invisible to everyone. So don't let your flesh put a limit on how God would use you. How God would use you. We do need individuals to serve our toddlers. When you serve the toddler, you're serving the mother or the guardian. When you enable that mother or that guardian who's going through a broken place to be here hearing the word of God in an altar where her life is being transformed and where broken pieces are being put back together again, that's what you're doing when you serve a toddler. We need help serving and we have opportunity to serve kindergarten all the way through fifth grade. And I'm telling you what, I want brother Tyler to be so frustrated when he gets these kids saying, well, there's no one to pray through to the Holy Ghost. I guess they have to bring their friends because everyone that comes out of children's ministry already knows the 66 books. They already know. They already know. They already know. Hero Israel. They already know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. They already know. Then Peter said unto them, what an amazing, amazing opportunity that is before us. Church, our children are so marginalized right now. Today, when you're in the marketplace, just look around you. 
at the parents who are deaf. They cannot hear their children's voices, but their phone is in their hand. They'll respond to a notification at the drop of a hat, but mommy, mommy, mommy just falls on deaf ears. I watch it time and again. I've seen literally the, 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 the proud presentation of a drawing or a painting or some creation of a child totally disregarded because the social media post is being updated. What are we doing? And we're, we're not called as the church to be the parent, but the scripture talks about us being fathers. We have not many fathers, the scripture says. And spiritually, we are going to step in and we're going to gird these parents with something that they may not be able to accomplish on their own and see lives transformed in the name of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me across the assembly? Hallelujah, hallelujah. As we begin to sing today, I want you to commit to pray. Ask the Lord what you can do and ask the Lord what he would do in the lives of those around us. Because we have a world that is desperately in need of a salvation that can only come from Jesus Christ. We are his light. We are his salt. We are his hands and we are his feet, church. If you need to be dismissed today, we'll let you as we begin to sing. But I want you to take time before you do and let's seek the Lord together. Let's ask him to make and mold the heart of the Tree of Life Church, to create in us his burden, to set us upon the potter's wheel collectively as a body, and to make us again a new vessel in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you when a thousand generations and your family and their children and their children and their children may his presence go before